Hey, welcome to LDS Transitions. So, there's a tender moment in my life. One that I regret. There's this youth that was in my teacher's quorum I was advisor over. His name was Jesus. And, uh... Good kid. Pick him up from his house, bring him to activities. Uh, we didn't see him really at church much. I don't even remember if he ever went to church, actually. I'm not positive on that. But we'd invite him out and he'd come. And he, you know, he's like a lot of teenage kids, you know, where they don't necessarily fit in. They haven't found themselves. They've got a an awkward stage. Um... And so I didn't know how to relate with him in a lot of ways, but I was all super kind and and uh, good kid, quiet and you know just a normal good kid. And we kept in touch on Facebook every once in a while. It was probably about four or five years ago before I. I had transitioned maybe even six years ago. I, maybe I'll be able to look it up. But uh, he reached out, and I, I'd known that he was gay, or he thought he was gay, or, you know, he's still going to institute. You know, and by that time I'd moved out of Utah, and I hadn't been really super close. I just followed him, and... He'd say hi periodically in Messenger or whatnot, and I'd say happy birthday to him and and stuff. So it was, you know, cordial. Nothing big, nothing super exciting. But one time he messaged me and he said, hey, can I call you? And I couldn't right now. I don't remember what it was exactly, but I said, hey. You know, sorry I couldn't get to you, you know. You want to talk or can I talk tomorrow? And, you know, never really happened. We just messaged back and forth on Messenger. And I don't know how long after that, but he'd had issues as far as being kicked out of his house. I think he was homeless. Um... I know he had issues with jobs. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, you know, there's this message about friends and stuff talking about how he passed away. I don't know the circumstances. I don't know if it's suicide. I don't know if it's something from, you know, if he was homeless, if something happened there. But there wasn't anything that made it sound like there was a tragic accident as far as like an automobile. It didn't make it sound like there was anything as far as health issues or um, any legal issues where a crime had been committed. Um, And so... It makes me wonder if he 
took his own life. You know, and I didn't know his family, you know, and I'm not one to go out and say, hey, uh, what happened, you know? A lot of times I think that's the case with suicide. And again, I don't know if he committed suicide or not. Um, the obituary didn't really imply anything. Um, so, but, you know, there wasn't a whole lot said by family from his Facebook page or anything that I could gather. So it may have been. Um, and so, you know, it's like, okay, well, if it, if it was suicide, what could I have done different? If it wasn't suicide, what could I have done different to help him more? Um, and I, you know, I look back and, you know, I encouraged him to keep going to Institute. I knew that he was, he was gay at a certain point, you know, and I wasn't against that. I didn't, I didn't, uh, think bad of him. I, you know, I didn't think he was sinning. I didn't think he should be ashamed or of it or anything, but I did encourage him to keep going to Institute, you know, I figured there might be a good support group there. Um, and so reflecting back on that, I wish I would have done more. I wish I had always already transitioned. I wish I would have said, yeah, I'm calling you. Not a, hey, is everything okay? I'll try to call you tomorrow type of attitude. I'm not saying I dropped the ball, but looking back, I feel like I did. Because in my transition state, I think I would have called him. I think I would have said, I'm there. Let me call you. How are you doing? Now, I'm as much as a hypocrite as anyone. We all get busy with our own lives. We never know when someone's really down or not. We don't know what what we can or can't do, right? Some people that are in that state of mind, you might not know it because there might be a front where everything seems fine and the tails aren't really there. But that being said, if I was transitioned, I think I would have called him and I would have been saying something like, Jesus, what's going on? Talk to me. I would have listened. And if he would have talked about how he felt towards his own self-worth or getting along with others or dating other guys and having a relationship type stuff, I think I, I think I would have been more prone to say, dude, you're of worth. You don't need institute. There's another community out there. The church is not safe for everybody. I don't think it's safe for you. 
I think you're going to be hurt more than you're going to be helped. God made you just the way you are. And God doesn't look back bad on you for that. And God doesn't condemn you. God made you the way you are. And it's beautiful. Embrace it. Relax. Throw the shame away. Throw the guilt away. That's the kind of talk I wish I would have had with them. I wish, you know, that he would have been safe. You hear of way too many suicides. Um, There's talk on Facebook today about suicide. Where because of shame, because of guilt, because of how the church treats you because of how you're marginalized people don't feel like they're of worth and then they have a hard time with their conflicting relations or whatever it be regardless if it's relation with their own self and their conflicting feelings of what they feel is of worth whether if it's with a spouse or family or co-workers or just being able to see your own personal expectations fall off because the narrative or the context that you put in your life just don't seem like they're there and then when life falls apart or when life gets hard doesn't feel like there's an out and sometimes that has nothing to do with any of it Sometimes there's just that depression, that fog, and it has nothing to do with where you're at in life. But that fog's just about you. And I don't know that I understand that part of it, so I'm not going to pretend to. But what can we do to help make sure that there aren't more where we're able to say, hey, get help. You know, I'd love to be on my own. I'd love to be able to say, call me anytime. If I'm not on a work call, I'm yours. You know, hey, I've got 15 minutes right now. Can I call you back after that 15 in a few hours or whatever? Hey, it's 3 a.m. I'm here for you. That's the type of mentality and personality that I think the church should have rather than giving a marginalization of people then when they feel like they don't fit or when something goes wrong the church blames the individual and pretend like it's not them at all it's not the culture it's not the teachings it's not the contradictions it's not the changing doctrine you know it's you right it's the narrative they give the church is teflon Everything falls off of them. 
and goes on the individual. That's why we have suicides. The church puts a environment of Teflon where nothing sticks to them. And then the whole culture embraces that and uses that as their defense mechanism. So, if you haven't transitioned, if you aren't invested in the marginalized, if you haven't experienced how to mourn with those that mourn, I encourage you to find out how. Ask yourself, how do I make sure I don't marginalize people? How do I know how to mourn with someone that's LGBTQ? Someone that's this, someone that's that. That's what we should be asking ourselves. And when we see an organization that does a marginalization, what do we do then? That is a cup of tea that you have to swallow, that we all have to deal with, with our own relations. That's what we have to, that's why we're having such a hard time with transitioning. You know, some people talk about transitioning very quickly. I think that's possible when you have a good support group. But when you're the only person you really know in your family, in your circle of friends, in your ward, when you feel like you're the only one, when you're open up to your spouse and there's no support, lonely but there's you can smell the roses you can embrace life you can become the better part of it where you are separated from the church I felt like I had so much anger towards God and the church because it was so wrapped around me I had to untangle it all and I still feel like there's tentacles out there around my life, right? But I feel free in so many ways. So many ways. <laughs> have a Nellers Quorum presidency member that keeps trying to contact me and I just ignore him. And he's the type to... That is just a go-getter and a... He... He's kind of a prick. He's rude and arrogant and but self-righteous. And so like if you brought up a concern, you know, he'd have a comeback to you, you know, and he'd try to deflect to you. And uh, so I just ignore him. <laughs> I think it just probably pisses him off. <laughs> he keeps sending texts of, please send me your correct conf contact information so we know how to contact you. It's like, no dipshit, I'm not going to respond. So, but hey, be safe to those around you and to yourself. Um, 
It's okay that you don't have things figured out. I don't. And I've been doing this for over four years. I don't have it figured out. But I'm okay with the toeholds I have, with the belief I have. My belief. <laughs> I'm not telling you what your belief is or what's right. Because I don't know. My belief is I have no idea if there's a God. I think there's something out there. But I don't know how to define it. Because the narratives I've given, been given, I can't define. But I feel like I'm starting to formulate kind of what I can define. And I hope to do that and kind of write a write my own truce, if you will. It might be ever-changing, but that's what I hope to do. So, All right, I'm out of here. Out. Have a good one.